Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be interviewing Tom Kulzer from AWeber. Tom, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Seth. Uh, well, our pleasure. Let's go back a little little bit in time. How did you get started? I mean, you built an amazing company. Thanks. Yeah, it's uh, it's been 24 years now. So I started in August of 98. Um, so I was still in college at the time. Uh, and I was well, actually it was kind of if we'll, we'll go to the year before. I was selling wireless modems back before we all had iPhones and Androids in our pocket and we still wow. had dial-up internet. Yep, I and remember I go to, the 2400 baud was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So it was a little past that, but you know, so the the wireless modems were 19.2 kilobits per second, uh which is <laughs> slower so than dirt fast. these yeah. But it was the latest greatest tech there. So I'd go to computer shows and that sort of stuff. And I was selling these and I'd talk to sales folks and other people that were interested in using the tech. And, you know, I'd go home with a whole bunch of business cards and people I needed to follow up with. And being in college at the time, uh, I uh, you know was looking for a way to kind of multiply my hours. Um, and so I developed a program that would send a series of follow-up emails to the people that because like most of the manual follow-up I was doing was, it was the same messages. It was just a different copy people, based, copy paste. you know, and I customized them a little bit based on what we talked about, but it was more or less copy paste. And so I developed a little program to, to do the automated follow-up. And there were other distributors selling the same wireless modem product in other parts of the country. And so we gather in forums and talk about what was working and what wasn't and so forth. And I basically shared my program or I was running it for a bunch of other people with the, for free. And my only cost was, or my only, you know, thing that I wanted in reply was, you know, tell me what messages are working for you. So we share copy tips because it was not something that I was good at. And uh, one thing led to another. I ended up leaving that company to focus on school. And um, I stopped running the program. So all these people that had this automated follow-up thing stopped getting it. Um, so they started coming to me, hey, I'll pay you for that. Hey, I'll pay you for that. And nothing like that existed in the market at the time. So, you know, eventually I was like, hmm, maybe there's a business here. And so I launched what was the initial version of AWeber. It was called the Automated Web Assistant. We kind of shortened it down to AWeber and, you know, the rest is kind of history. Well, that is absolutely incredible. I mean, you started something that has totally transformed the marketplace, been one of the market leaders for a very, very long time. 
did you ever, when you were thinking, hey, I'm going to get back into this and start this up and do this as a company, do you ever picture it getting to where it's gotten to? No, not at all. It was, you know, I ran everything myself for the first two years. That was a mistake. Don't do that. <laughs> I should have hired people earlier. Um, but yeah, no, I, I looked at it as a way to make money through college uh, initially. And, you know, I kind of quickly took a semester off from school to focus on the biz because it was going well. And uh, things kind of, you know, <laughs> grew from there. So I'd like to say there was some skill in it, but there was a lot of good timing and, and you know, hard work and that kind of stuff. But like, it was just kind of the right idea at the right time. And, and it kind of took off from there. Absolutely. Now talk, I mean, you've, over, you've, you've seen the industry change so much. You were one of the pioneers. Now you have hundreds of competitors. Talk a little bit about some of the bumps along the way and what you learned from them. Wow, 15, 20 minutes here. We got a couple hours, a couple of days to talk about. I am all the sure you could do a multi-day seminar. I'm just looking for a couple <laughs> short versions. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, not hiring people uh soon enough was was probably one of the first mistakes. You know, it was it was scary. Um, you know, to to be responsible for someone else's, you know, income. And uh, so I just kind of delayed and delayed and delayed uh, lo much longer than I should have. I, sh I would have been able to grow faster and I would have been a little more sane, um, you know, myself and not had to work pretty much 24 seven for the first couple of years. So like making that leap and kind of once you get to that point, like revenue wise, just like the actual hiring process and hiring, it's not that hard at the end of the day. You know, I say this with context of having done it a lot of times at this point. I was going like, to say, how many team members does Aweber have now? Uh, we're about 80 team members at the moment, 80, 85, something, somewhere around there. So, yeah, so it's it's ebbed and flowed, but we're, we're kind of at that point right now. Um, yeah, so we've done it a lot of times over the years. <laughs> so if you, you talked about wishing you had hired sooner, um, what were some other things you would go back and change? Oh gosh, the um, the you know I would go back and I would have offered a freemium version uh, sooner uh, than than we ended up doing. Um, you know there was always this dichotomy of uh, you know free, not so much that it was bad to give away service. I think it's a good way to trial, but email is a unique business in that. Uh, you have an abuse quotient, like people want to come in and they want to abuse your product to send emails to people that they shouldn't. Um, so Maybe we're not really Nigerian princes. Yeah, no. So I wish that I wish that was the only thing that we saw abuse from uh, that. That's, you know, <laughs> that's pretty far, far away from where where most of it sits. But, you know, the that being able to balance being open, but also having a network that, you know, is um, clean to be able to keep the bad guys off the network and doing bad things. So it's, it's definitely a balance in the business of where, you know, where you kind of draw that line. Um, and it, we have a really good handle on that these days. Um, but early on, I didn't think that we could do that well. And thus we never made, we never pulled that trigger. Sure. So what have been some of the best ways over the years to, that you've marketed a Weber? Our own customers, uh, honestly, like if you kick ass as a service, you know, other, other, you know, you make each one of your users look like an expert and do really great things. They're just inherently going to tell other people about this cool stuff that they're doing. They're not necessarily going to by default talk about you, 
but they're going to talk about the results that they get with your service, which is a, you know, it's, it's that long tail of make each, every, each and every customer really happy with what they're using on your product um, so that they go out and tell others about you. And that kind of word of mouth, um, you, you know, you just, you can't, you can't directly buy that. You can't go and increase that as a thing. You just, you have to do well by serving your customers and they go out and tell others about it. Um, that's, you know, probably the best, uh, you know, advice that I give is just do great things for your customers and that will lead to more customers. <laughs> How do you manage 80 some people who probably aren't all in the same location? Yeah, no, we're in 15 different states and a couple of different countries at this point. Um, you know, with the the pandemic kind of behind us, we were all physically just outside of Philadelphia before. Um, and we went from being completely in person to completely remote. Um, we don't do hybrid. Um, we still have our office, but we don't go there anymore. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, managing team members remotely is... I would say both the same and different and, and managing people in person. I think a lot of managers, when you have people in person, they kind of manage based on what I call butts in seats. <laughs> and it's like, I can see you, therefore you must be doing a good job. And that's a really ineffective way to, to manage people. Um, you know, so we really look at, you know, it's, it's work product at the end of the day. Like I don't necessarily care when you get it done. I just care that you get it done and that it's a quality um, for many types of positions. Some, some positions like our customer solutions team, you know, they have specific hours that they need to be available because, you know, we have to be able to serve customers 24 seven around the world. Um, but for many roles, like I don't, I don't care if you leave for an hour and a half at lunch every day to go, you know, for a walk or whatever, like just get your stuff done and be able to show up to the, the meetings that we do have that are synchronous. But for the most part, we try to do things asynchronously, do lots of things with checklists and documentation. Documentation when you're all remote is super key. Um, but we work in, we work in smaller groups. So like kind of like pods, we call them product groups internally. So like our engineering teams, have product owners and UX designers and engineers that are assigned to different parts of the product. Um, so they have kind of that core area of responsibility where they're, they're building one part of the product, you know, in tandem with the whole team to create a cohesive, you know, cohesive uh, uh, product overall, but it, it works like it works better for the teams to be able to work in that like five to 10 people group versus like, you know, all 80 trying to work together, that just turns into chaos really quickly. Absolutely. Have you tracked, you know, since inception, how many emails have been sent in total using Aweber? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if we're in the trillions yet, but it's definitely hundreds of billions. So we send billions of emails every month. And so. you can see all of that. So do you track the data in terms of, hey, we provide best practices in terms of, subject line copy these are things that are these are what we see is working right now type of stuff oh absolutely yeah we we see you know we see billions of emails every you know every month so and you know tens of millions of emails every day so yeah we definitely see a lot of what's working what doesn't work etc um you know i often get the questions of like hey what's the best time of day to send or the yep. day of the week, week to send yep. you know it's it feels like a cop-out, but like, it's really not because um, 
there is no best time of day to send other than the time of day that you told your subscribers you're going to send or that you set the expectation that you're going to send over time. Uh, the day of the week to send, again, is very specific to the different types of businesses that you're sending, as well as when you told people you're going to send. Uh, the biggest mistake that I see people making on like their newsletter opt-in forms is not telling someone when they're going to get it, how often they're going to get it, and like what specifically is in, you know, in the content, like what, what's the value that, hey, sign up for my newsletter. That doesn't mean much. Like, what am I going to learn as a result of that? You know, and I might enter my email address thinking, oh, I'm going to get your monthly newsletter. That'll be great. And then you turn around and send me, you know, one email every day or multiple emails every day. And what's what's somebody gonna do with that as a result? They're either gonna unsubscribe, hopefully, if you're lucky, they'll only unsubscribe, or they might market as spam. And that's a bad thing for you as a sender. So set expectations up front. Those are the best days to send and the best times to send. Absolutely. What's coming next for you? What product um, add-ons, what are you looking at down the pike? Uh, the super secret product development roadmap. Um, yes. So uh, some things that are not so secret uh, from the email technology world, uh, we're heavily invested in AMP for email, uh, which you might've heard of AMP uh, for the web, just being a faster way to load web pages. AMP for email is a little different in that it's an open standard. It's supported by Google and many other uh, mailbox recipients, um, but basically it turns an email into a web page. So think of like, you know, you sign up for a stock newsletter. The stock newsletter could actually give you live stock, um, you know, prices in the actual email. Not like when the email sent. I mean, like if you open it now, it'll tell you what the price is now. If you open it four hours from now, it'll tell you what the price is then. If you open it a week from now, it'll tell you what the price is of the stock that they're talking about then. So it's it's a really unique way to bring real time data to emails. It's also an, an excellent way to um, have feedback forms directly in emails. So like when you click on like a little survey, it doesn't take you out to another web page to submit the data. Um, think of e-commerce transactions happening directly in your inbox versus having to click out to another website. So we're heavily invested in uh, enabling our customers to send AMP, uh, email messages. Um, there's also open standards called um, BIMI, B-I-M-I. And it's a protocol for basically being able to put your logo next to the emails that you send in into the into mailboxes. So like the the latest um, Apple iOS release just came out, um, and that has support for logos next to messages. But you have to be signing your messages and with uh, DKIM and using this BIMI protocol to publish a logo. So we're enabling our customers to be able to support those features because you know, brand is brand and it's always better to have your logo next to next to your message uh, than not. And it's really going to, over time, you know, separate senders that are following all the best practices versus folks that are on antiquated platforms that aren't supporting these things. For those of us who are watching and listening, I mean, your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? Helping people every day. Like, you know, it's, we work primarily with small businesses. So the, the, you know, the user that we're talking to on the other end of the line is usually not somebody that's like embedded in marketing in a, you know, thousand or 2000 person company. We certainly have some of those large companies, 
but the overwhelming majority of our our users are small businesses, our creators, um, you know, content producers on YouTube, and you know, make podcasts and so forth like this. Um, and we help them automate the the emails that they send out to their user base to build and grow their user base. Awesome. So if, um, wh where do you want us to send people who for some reason aren't using Aweber yet? <laughs> sure. You can uh, check us out at aweber.com. Uh, we have a freemium product offering as we talked about already. You can sign up for a free account up to 500 subscribers and, you know, learn about all the cool stuff that we're doing with, uh, email automation and, uh, um, you know, the new amp and Bimmy stuff that I was talking about earlier as well. Awesome. Well, this has been Seth Green for Sharkpreneur with Tom Kulzer from AWeber. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Seth. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. If you're not using AWeber, check it out. We are users ourselves, and we will talk to you and see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.